have some chairs brought up here. And I would like to invite our um, panellists up this morning. So come on up, panellists. So Georgia, Emma, Reese, why don't you grab a seat? Why don't we give these guys a warm welcome? All right. So we have been in a series about discipleship. Um, here at Lyft and so the last three, four weeks um, we've been talking about what the Bible says about discipleship and so we thought for this final Sunday, why don't we get real people up here? Why don't we get, not that my husband's not a real person, sorry babe, (laughs) he's been bringing the word every week, he is real, 100%, thank you Nebby, Um, but we thought why don't we get some people up here who, you know, are a part of our family who can share some stories and really um, kind of flesh out a bit of discipleship and what it's looked like in their lives as people who are being discipled, but also as people who have taken up um, Jesus' commission to all of us to actually make disciples as well. And so this morning, our hope, our prayer really is to just encourage you. You know, if you are discipling and if you're finding yourself that you're in a bit of a stuck place or maybe you're in a really good flow with the person that you disciple, that's awesome. But we just hope that this morning would be an encouragement to you and there will be some gold as well that you can take out of this morning. I know like during the planning and facilitating of this throughout the last couple of weeks, as these guys are sending me their answers and things like that, I was like, wow, we are in for a treat this morning. So you guys have already done so amazingly well. Um, But for those of you who don't know who's up here, who haven't met these wonderful people yet, we have Georgia plus one, which is very exciting. (laughs) We have Reese and we have Emma. And so, yeah, yeah, I love this. Love the confidence, <laughs> the bright jacket, it's all, yay, <laughs> this is awesome, it's going to be good. Alright, so we're going to get straight into things, um, and so our first question this morning is, tell me about a time, and I'll ask you the question, but then I just want to say a quick little bit. So tell me about a time when relational discipleship has impacted your life. Now, why I want to, um, I guess, explain that a little bit more is that, here at Lyft, what we like to do in terms of discipleship is, as, um, as well as run courses and things like that, we like to call our discipleship relational because really the key discipleship vehicle here at Lyft is actually one-to-one or one-to, you know, a few people kind of one-on-one discipleship. And that's why we call it relational discipleship, just to kind of like put a bit of frame around that question. So when has there been a time where relational discipleship has really impacted So we're going to kick that off with Georgia. So I'm going to share a story. For those who don't know, I've worked alongside Red Frogs quite a lot over the years. And this past year or the end of last year, I went down for the Leavers Week and I was one of the leaders. Um, And within my team, I was given a young girl who didn't know the Lord. So initially that was quite a bit daunting, but my leaders above me were like, we trust that this is a great match for you and we trust that you'll be able to disciple this um, young girl through this week. And you are only given a week, so it's kind of like, okay, God, what do you want to do in this week? Because it's not that long. Um, So I had to be really intentional with this young girl. She was only, I think only 19 years old um, and she'd actually come as a red frog because she was a lever the year before and she was impacted by red frogs which was amazing 
Um, so throughout that whole week, I had to be really um, sensitive to the Holy Spirit in every moment. Like, Holy Spirit, what are you doing now? Holy Spirit, is there a conversation that you want to be having right now with this young girl? And there was heaps of moments that God provided throughout that whole week, um, which was really special. And then on the last day when we were packing up and I also had um, Tina, she's not in here, she's with the kids. Um, She was on my team as well. Um, And we just got chatting to this young girl and, you know, she was asking questions about like what it means when you like give your life to the Lord. And she was really hungry. And at the end of it, I did ask her, do you want to give your life to the Lord now? And she was still a bit hesitant and not quite ready, and that was okay. So we just said, you know, what you search it a bit more for yourself. You ask God some more questions. And when you're ready, we're here to talk with you or whatever you need, we're here for you. Um, So we left Levers, and that was that. And me and Tina prayed over her and that situation. And it was an amazing week. And then a few days later, I actually got a message from her saying that she had given her life to the Lord, which was so exciting. Um, And that wasn't all us. We only had a week with her, you know, but you never know when God wants to use you as a building block in someone's life. So that was a really special time and very impacting when you're willing to, I guess, listen to the Holy Spirit and what he's wanting to do. Um, who will move. I remember, George, you mentioned about um, maybe a couple of conversations where you in particular had to be quite vulnerable. Did you want to share a bit about that? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes in discipleship, obviously, it requires us to step out of our comfort zone and a way that I was really able to connect with this young girl was through my own childhood trauma because she had been through a lot of childhood trauma herself. But I had to be willing to step into that place of past hurt and pain myself, um, which allowed me to have that connecting point with her where she was able to then be open with me. Beautiful, I love that. It's just a, you know, a story of how God redeems our past and then as we speak to other people about it, he can do the same for them. So that's awesome. Reese, over to you next. Okay, so um, relational discipleship for me is pro- probably a little from a different lens cap because I would be the receiver of that. And um, I would kind of look at the picture of discipleship from being mentored. And for me, it's always been, I have always been a Christian, but at the same time, I didn't really value that in my life. And I think when when I was um, beginning my discipleship journey, um, it was having someone believe in me that, and pull out things from me that I didn't know I had. Yeah. And I'm kind of reminded of, the, of that picture that Pastor Nate brought up during this discipleship series of um, Jesus being rabbi and from that Hebrew context. Um, his disciples would have been known that they were his disciples because they started to walk, talk and squawk like him. Yeah. So and I I, that. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they'd, they'd learn how to become him. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what I've experienced is, you know, when I'm getting discipled, um, because I am having it laid out in front of me, I'm, they're my role models. Yeah. So those, those gifts of the spirit, like 
praying and prophesying and um, that kind of thing. Um, because I'm surrounded by it, because I'm having it modelled to me, um, it's also available to me. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my little bit of a journey. Um, and I guess to a little attachment to that is I've had, I've had a negative... Um, uh, what's the word? This kind of negative attachment to me, which is um, that Reese is always late. He's, he 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 can't really be trusted, and like um, and I really didn't understand where that kind of came from. Like, obviously, I know that sometimes I rock up to things late, but um, that's probably where it came from. <laughs> well, that's that's where it came from, but I I didn't. I used to. It's in the past. But I, I, didn't, I didn't want that to attach itself to me. Yeah, but um, yeah. the other thing is, uh, so that, that um, is attached to me, or was, um, but it's because I didn't really understand the value of that yeah. being in place. Yeah. So, yeah, you're asking me to be here on time, but, you know, for what? <laughs> like, but, <laughs> so, it, it just, it, it needed, I needed to have a revelation of it. Yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. So, you know, discipleship for you has really led you to glean the spiritual gifts and the spiritual um, foundation, but as well it's the practical kind of just life skills, things as well that you've gained, which is really... Yeah, yeah exactly. Really it's, it's exactly right. Um, so with, with the life skills, it's not just um, in the church sphere. It's my work, it's my relationship with my family and my friends. And so... I mean, I used to have these rules where it's um, do as I say, not as I do. And, like, so if I got let down by my friends or my family, I'm um, very disappointed by that and I will happily pull them into place because of it. But I'm also very happy to, you know, be late or bend the, bend the rules for myself. So I think getting a grasp of it in the church circles, I'm kind of a little less inclined to do that in my family and my workplace. So, Brilliant. yeah. Yeah, love that. Holistic transformation. So good. Over to you, Emma. What about you? A time where a relational discipleship has really impacted your life? Um, well, I'm glad you used to talk long because I'll keep mine short. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for me as a parent, um, I think uh, maybe I should start it off with um, just discipleship that word in itself, I didn't think it would be something that I could do. I thought, you know, you had to be a pastor or somebody that had been a Christian for many, many years. And uh, a lot of you know my story. I'm not um, a new Christian. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was like, nah, that's not for me. You know, like, how can I, you know, the rejection and all that that I still felt might happen if I was to go and invite family and friends to church. But anyway, um, I think when I realised that discipleship, you know, that it was just a lie and um, it was being apparent um, to my children. And I think what impacted me most was um, having them uh, see the difference um, that it was, that, that how God was trans transforming me, um, you know, and how I do that relational um, parent parenting style with them. So, you know, the changes were massive and, you know, I was actually just so um, 
cooped up in you know me wanting my own relationship with God little did I know that he was actually transforming transforming me from the outside from the inside out and I was actually reflecting and showing um, coming through for my children so to actually have them uh, you know talk to other family members um, because my culture you know we're not that kind of um, encouraging you know with the culture that I come from it's like once you're not a nappies anymore you can go and you know live on your own sort of thing (laughs) just kidding (laughs) but um, you know being being a Polynesian you know it's really hard to um, to be affectionate put it that way so but you know to have uh, my kids come and say oh you know that they've seen the difference in you know I'm not yelling as much as I used to and you know my disciplining ways have come have mellowed um, you know once becoming a Christian so and you know just hearing all that eh, it, it was just like wow you know God you know you just when you get in when you have that relationship with him and he changes your life and you know and it's just goodness and you know yeah it's just got no words for it but um, yeah just an awesome um, thing to happen as a parent. Absolutely I love that I love how um, I think it's in the Old Testament but there's like this teeny tiny scripture it's almost one of those that you can gloss over and just you know breeze past but it just talks about how um, God's salvation comes to the whole household and I love Emma what we've been seeing with your household and really it is a testament to your um, following Christ yourself you taking up that role as disciple but also discipling your kids and so such an inspiration for us love watching Emma's journey we're going to go to our second question now. Um, we want to ask you guys this because sometimes, as Emma said, some people think that in order to disciple, you have to be a pastor or you have to like have some idea of what you're doing, <laughs> that kind of a thing. But we want to ask you guys, what was it like entering into a discipleship relationship as a disciple, as a disciple maker? What was that like for you? Tell us how it felt. Um, Georgia, we'll start off with you. Yeah, I think initially... For a lot of those relationships, it felt quite daunting. You feel like quite a lot of pressure. Well, I did. I am naturally the person who is like the rescuer. So when people tell me things, I'm already thinking what my answer is going to be to save you from that situation. Um, so I've really had to learn. I think many of us struggle yeah. with that. I know they always like say it's like a men's thing, and I'm like, no, that's me. Am I a man? Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely not. Um, yeah, so I've really had to learn to rely on God and allow him to be the person I'm going to in those situations and not to pick up, um, I guess, pieces of the situation that aren't mine to pick up or to rescue where I don't need to rescue because that's not my role in the situation. Sometimes it is just to listen um, and to be a listening ear. But then other times, obviously, it is that listening to the Holy Spirit and being like, Holy Spirit, what do you want to share in that moment? Um, But I think when, and I'm not perfect at it, but when I get to that place of just relying on God and what he's wanting to do, um, there's a weight lifted off my shoulder because it's not my responsibility to save this person that's God's responsibility so that's probably one of the biggest things I've had to learn and still have to learn because it is my natural instinct to want to just jump in and save yeah. that's right um, I know this is 
technically for a question later, but I thought it would fit really well here. But you were talking about what your goal is as a yeah. disciple maker. Can you share a bit about Yeah, I think my biggest goal is to build up people that are confident in hearing God's voice for themselves and not people that are always going to run to me, um, you know, what do I do in this situation? What do you think I should do? What's the answer for this? And yet it feels great to be wanted and needed when people have that for you, even though I don't always have the answers, even though I think I do. Um, yeah, I, I think the ultimate goal is to have people that are confident in hearing God's voice for themselves, not people that are dependent on me, but people that are dependent on God. That's beautiful. I think um, it's so good that you're aware of your inclination to go and rescue, because then that would totally work against what your goal is to disciple. And, and I love that George really has modelled the whole um, empowering her disciples to hear for themselves, to try to step out in faith. And, you know, like, if we fail, it's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Um, love that. Over to you, Reese. Um, what was it like entering into a discipleship relationship for you? Okay, with um, relationships in general, they're messy, they can be dirty and... Um, difficult to navigate um, I think walking into that relationship was probably the scariest one that I've had to go into because um, a lot of you know my story and kind of my past and I have been hurt by the church previously and I have had um, a lot of um, kind of ne negative um, notions that have just attached itself to me and kind of getting rid of those is not something that's easy to do in your own strength. Yeah. So I guess walking into this relationship, I was, I was scared that, um, are they able to deal with all of that, like all my burdens and my dark stuff, and, um, and am I willing to get to a place of vulnerability to let them into that place? And um, it, there's kind of that little voice that you hear that says, nah, you, you, they're going to hate you, there's going to be judgment, and, you know, um, that, like, all you have is condemnation. And it's a complete lie, yeah. first of all. And um, kind of walking into that relationship, it's um, your fears kind of dissolve and melt away because it's actually one of the most beautiful things. There's a real power in vulnerability where me opening up about the things that I'm hurting about or the things that I've been dealing with actually is not weakness, it's power. And I think that's the, the thing that we get deceived by is that you, you are so, you know, fundamentally wrong that, but it, it's actually not. It's the complete opposite. It's, that's where my power rests. And, um, yeah, I've, I've found it to be such a freeing experience of just being able to be vulnerable, to be open, to be honest, and live my life in integrity. Um, and, it, and yeah, all it, all it leads to is freedom. I love, um, yeah, how you've just kind of done that 180 in life where there was so much fear locked up in these kinds of relationships. And we've seen that transformation of you becoming more and more open to a point where actually these relationships are the most freeing things for you and such a place of healing and restoration to your identity in Christ. And that's so exciting to watch, mm. Reese. Um, but yeah, I, I really hope you hear that as well because I know that that's probably one of the things that we're so scared about, right? People seeing 
you know, all of the stuff, all of the things, the past mistakes, um, and we're just so, yeah, afraid of that condemnation and that judgment, but, um, you know, we want to create discipleship and these discipleship relationships that actually go against that are really places of freedom um, where we can walk away, you know, from past habits or whatever it is. Um, and really find the liberty that Christ actually died to give us. And so, love that. Love that sharing, Reese. Thank you. Emma, what about you? Um, um, I think it's, I think, um, I think it's, for me, it was, um, you know, my own journey in Christ has been, you know, one that I've always hungered for. So, and I think um, I have been really privileged to have, you know, lift, the Lyft community um, in particular to help me on this journey. So, and you know, s- staying in God's word um, just made me even more hungrier. Yeah. So, and knowing that, you know, the way that Jesus walked um, during his time on this earth, you know, just made me um, feel that I needed to be more intentional on how, you know, I was parenting and, you know, particularly being a uh, solo um, parent and, you know, um, uh, becoming a Christian and having the right people uh, walk alongside you really, really made it all um, a lot easier to, um, to, to bear. So pretty much, you know, the church took a lot of my burden um, with me opening up and just being real. So. Um, and being able to do that, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if, you know, um, the Holy Spirit hadn't convicted me in the first place. Um, you know, and that also came with all the healing, you know, that, that was needed from it. Um, and, um, yeah, and just from that, you know, the Lord just works in wonderful ways, you know, and how it's just reflected off onto my children, you know, just made my parenting, you know, my got well-behaved. Most of you know well pretty good-behaved <laughs> children. So, um, you know, and that was all God, eh? That was all God, not me. It was all God, you know, even their gifting and talents, you know. And and I see that from them, uh, you know, looking at the way I'm parenting, you know, that that helps tremendously, you know. I need to be able to be more intentional. I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. I'm still, you know, I still stuff up many times. (laughs) But at least now, you know, I've got God to, to actually, you know, tap me on the shoulder and say, uh, hello, Emma, you better, you know, you're going off track a bit there. And, you know, that, you know, and that, that gets me, eh? And I'm like, oh, forgive me, God, you know, and I go back and, you know, do it properly. So, yeah, that was pretty much from a parent's yeah. perspective. Love your humility and your teachability, Emma. It's just, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I did want to ask you, what was it like to realise that you are the the key disciple maker for your family. Like, what was that like? What did you begin to do, or maybe do differently, um, when you realised that, hey, I'm the primary disciple of my kids? What was that like? Um, probably because I am the primary. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I think um, this whole journey is. It's just been that. It's just been a journey where. You know, I know I'm going. You know, the, I'm not. I'm not going to be a perfect parent, but it's knowing Christ and sharing that with them. Um, you know, and then just giving them the opportunity to see it too, where as I didn't when I was growing up. You know, I wasn't really um, following God during my growing up. So it it really um, 
Um, yeah, just really gets to me when, really touches me when I um, parent in. Sorry, I've forgotten the question. <laughs> <laughs> you were just mentioning how, yeah, when you um, realised that you were um, the disciple maker for your family and how, yeah, things like your parenting style had changed and you just allowed Holy Spirit to really inform you a little bit more. And, um, and I love how you just mentioned that you modelled in front of your kids what it was like to follow Christ. And often, um, you know, like recently I was reading this book, maybe was listening to a podcast, but it was basically about, you know, as parents, it's really important that you have your God time, that you continue to really um, craft that time. Um, but then it was interesting because I read in this other book that it's like you should model that to your kids. So don't keep it away, you know, you're inside your closet and have your quiet time, but actually have your quiet time kind of on display for your kids so that they catch what that's like. And I know, Emma, with your household, you guys do your morning Bible studies and... <laughs> Sorry, yes, see, I, sorry, I might have misinterpreted the question. <laughs> She's just pretty much answered it all, um, you know, to get into the habit of um, devotions. Yeah. Me and my children do morning devotions, don't we, girls? Every morning, you know, it's almost like a, it's a good habit to have. And, um, hey, and this is all part of the way God's going to be blessing, you know. He, he blesses those that, um, you know, that put their faith, you know, their faith in them and, you know, so... It was definitely, sorry, Becca. Yeah. yeah. You nailed it. Got it. <laughs> All good. Teamwork. Um, awesome. We'll move on to the third question. So this question is, what are some difficulties you have faced in this relationship? And um, Reese, we'll kick off with you. Some difficulties. Oh, I got skip. you got skipped. Because of course, <laughs> as Reese mentioned, relationships in general, messy. So there's yeah. going to be difficulties, even in discipleship. Well, mine has never been difficulties in terms of dealing with the people it's more the disappointment of a, a situation not looking exactly what I would would like it to look like so um, a lot of you know that I have had this real desire to lead a lift group and d to actually become a discipler and it seemed as though everything that I tried to do it just was not happening <laughs> and I'm having my my mentors say to me we believe in you, Reese. We we do, and we want the best for you. But kind of now's not your time. You need to learn to be humble. We want to see that come out of you. And and I'm like, Lord, I am not. You are real. You are really testing me. But, but and at the, at the time, it's it felt like a real setback, and it, it was disappointing to me. And I I mean, I can remember a lot of the conversations that I was having around these these times, and I was like. I can't believe that this is happening to me again. And it, it, it was just, it was a process that I needed to grow through. Um, and learning to be humble is, uh, it's the complete opposite of arrogance. And I think arrogance is something that um, I've had to learn to... <laughs> To, to not be. Very careful. Yeah. So I know that I can be arrogant, um, but um, you know I am actually leading a lift group now, and it's one of my greatest joys. But um, in the learning, I'm actually um, it's on the job training as well. I'm learning along that path. Um, so we're doing the Book of James, and James chapter five. We, we're learning about last. Um, last Tuesday night and 
one, that scripture actually says, you know, you are arrogant. You, you are making all of these plans about what you're going to be doing this year, um, and it's complete arrogance. And I thought to myself, you know, making plans and going like and is is not a bad thing. You know, yes, I want to go on holiday. Um, I want I want this promotion. I, w- I want this for me. Um, is is not necessarily arrogance. Um, and that's when the Holy Spirit starts to prompt you about stuff because I I have been tapped on the shoulder about a promotion at work. This this opportunity that's come along. And in my mind, I'm saying to myself, that's mine. That is mine. I deserve it. I will be perfect at this. And it's, it's complete arrogance. I can remember when I first heard about it, I called mum and said, there's this promotion. And she said to me, oh, well, we'll pray that that's God's will. And I turned around and I'm like, no, that is not happening. Like, I don't want you to pray about it being God's will because it, because it, because it is God's will. And... So I'm actually like even um, so I'm I'm getting not it's not condemnate I'm not getting condemned about it but I'm I'm getting convicted and I'm like okay that's actually really not a good attitude to have um, and you know I have put my hand up for different promotions and in my own strength in my own plans which is what James is talking about and it hasn't come my way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's actually learning that in everything, let it be his will in my life. Let me be humble. Let me learn how to do that better. And, um, yeah, so I was convicted about that. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, kind of learning how to be humble. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. And I think that's something that us as humans all struggle with, right? There's always moments where we could probably do with a little bit more humility, but I love that you found how to exercise that in these discipleship relationships. So that's awesome. All right, Emma, over to you. What has been some challenges? Um, for me, I think it's just the letting, letting the worrying get to me, um, particularly being a single parent. I think, you know, worrying about the children's future and you know what I should be doing is which and and you know feeling like I've failed as in you know I can't do everything for all of my children you know do the, the good things that I think is good anyway um, so yeah and um, you know and feeling like a failure um, at times but you know God is so good and you know his grace has just been over you know and 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 because I'm with the church I know how to you know, um, overcome those uh, certain, um, you know, thinking, the, the way I feel is, you know, um, you know, to go back into his word and know, you know, his promises and um, pray, you know, if anything, that's been my main, um, my main tools for, because um, I can't, you know, and I know God doesn't want me to think that, you know, I can't uh, do this, it's, I can't do that, you know, being, it's, it's, that being a single parent's going to, change you know um what he has planned for them and myself so and if i didn't have um you know the church or um the people to fall back on you know it would be really really difficult and i i'm just so blessed and um thankful that um you know that god has never i haven't uh, god has never had to let me drop that deep in the darkness you know and uh 
Um, yeah, so I'm just, I just, yeah, just so thankful that, you know, I'm a Christian and I have things, you know, I have the Bible, I have God's word to stand mm. on yeah. um, to get me through. But, you know, it's, and parenting, you know, it's not always going to be a perfect, um, there's not always going to be a perfect way to parent, um, you know, as, and I've learned that as long as I love them, because God first loved me and my children. So as long as I, um, you know, love them and support them in, you know, in any way I can, that is enough, you know, and that's enough. And, you know, just let God do the rest. I just do my best and God will do the rest. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Must be true, it rhymes. <laughs> Amen. No, absolutely. I love how you brought in the village as one of your resources to yeah. disciple your kids and your household. That's really cool. And I love that you also highlighted um, that the challenges that we face sometimes in discipleship or being a disciple come from without, like, so actual, you know, issues going on around us, but also within, you know, mm. dealing with those things of, like, fear of failure and, and you know, what if I stuff this up for my kids? And, you know, what if they don't end up living out all that God's called them to because of my failings? Yeah. And that's such a huge weight um, to carry on our shoulders. But I love that, yeah, you've really resourced yourself mm. in order to push through those challenges when they come. Um, and yeah, I don't think there's ever a day that we get to where there's no challenges at all. Um, but yeah, but to have that resource around yeah. us is really important as disciple makers. George, you have a um, story for us about how, yeah, you were faced with a bit of a challenge. And Story-ish, I won't really share the story just <laughs> to keep it confidential. Um, but I think often when you're discipling people, um, questions come up from the people you're discipling they ask you questions they have inquiries and I know myself I've become a bit stuck at times because of what I touched on before about learning when to step back when maybe not to share learning when to allow them to be empowered to make a decision for themselves um, but yeah as a disciple we don't know everything and we need to not get caught up in being the perfect discipler yeah. and like what Emma and Beck have shared we have community around us and mm -hmm. I think yeah that's something for us to embrace and use within our own discipling as well um, so I've at times had to go to my mentor and be like what do you think I should do in this situation you know and it's not going and gossiping about what people are telling you and sharing with you it's only if you really need help with that person you know is it going to strengthen that relationship and that discipleship you have with that person so i think yeah embrace the your own like mentors that you have in your life that you can trust as well um within your own discipleship journey and when you're discipling others because that's what god's put them there for yeah, yeah love that Right, we're going to wrap up with this question, but we want to hear about one win, one particular win that stands out um, to you as a disciple or disciple maker. Um, and we'll start off with you, Reese. Is that cool? Yeah. Yes. Um, I was actually, when I was just reviewing that question just then, I was um, kind of thinking about all of the, the what appears to be a loss. And... You know, um, going back to um, temporary setback is actually, a, uh, it's not a setback, it is a step up. And because it, what I'm actually going through 
is growing me. And so when it when it comes to um, being told wait, it's how how am I um, carrying myself in the waiting? Because the waiting can be can be really crappy. Mm-hmm. And um, so how am I carrying myself in in the disappointment? How am I carrying myself in in the waiting? And I felt as though um, it's something I needed to go through and learn. Um, I've been thinking about discipleship over the um, the, the last few weeks, and it's um, the responsibility is on each and every one of us. I mean, you can look around this morning, and there's empty chairs. We have um, the opportunity and the responsibility to be at least, at the very least, messaging the people that are in our lives and saying, "Hey." We missed you on Sunday. Um, you know, we had an incredible Sunday. The worship was amazing. There was stuff that you could have gleaned. Um, so that that lies on each and every one of us. Follow, follow up. One of the values of our church is um, where your name matters. Your name does matter. And I think um, we need to really drive that point home with some people because you ha- we do have those voices in the back of our heads that say you're not good enough, your name doesn't matter, you're you're dealing with all of these things, um, but it, it's it's lies. Yeah. And I think my greatest win is putting those lies behind me, um, because you, you can every, all of us have relationships um, where people would say, oh, I don't understand why you're going to church, especially you, Reese. Like, you know, you've you've been condemned and uh, no it's a condemnation versus being convicted is two different things so there's things that I've needed to correct and it's for my ultimate good um, yeah so it's kind of yeah putting the, putting that aside knowing knowing my identity knowing who I am is such an important thing so that's kind of the journey I've been on is learning who Reese is um, and I've, I think I've learned that pretty early on in life because some people go through their life not knowing their purpose, not knowing who they are, not knowing what their identity is. So, yeah. Um, and I, I count it the greatest honour and pr- privilege to be able to help people know who they are, know, know their identity, know their journey, know, know their purpose. It's... Um, that's a gift. Yeah. 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 And you know, Jesus Himself, He's the one that washes us with His Word. And I love that a lot of that is um, applying truth to the lies in our lives. And um, yeah, I love that you've experienced that in your discipleship journey. Um, Emma, what about you? What's one win? Yeah, for me, it'd definitely be um, my kids that. Um, um, you know that they have been given now this that opportunity that because often sometimes I, you know, I regret, unfortunately, you know, that I wasn't in church growing up. So um, and by me doing this today, you know, I'm I am so if anything if there is anything in my life that I've done properly, it is definitely bring yeah, my kids on. to know Christ and you know and to see them uh, grow from their own uh, spiritual um, journeys. And and in doing all of that, it always I mean it it also brings me peace of mind too that no matter what you know no matter what goes wrong or you know whatever comes by whatever situation that 
um, or whatever the enemy tries to bring into our lives that you know we have God, we have God, and that um, you know, and that they learn um, that same uh, relate that they have their own relationship with God. Look, for I know only God knows their plans, but you know, as you know, to just to know that I've done my part yeah. while they're still growing up, and you know, who knows what journey they'll take when they get older, but. At least they've been given that opportunity, yeah, and you know exactly. that is that definitely has to be one of the made my major. Um, yeah, I'm just so thankful about, and um, yeah, yeah, that would be it, it. Would be that my children have the opportunity to grow up in Christ mm-hmm. and just receive His blessings. You know, this I I see God bless His blessings over you know Christians, and they're massive, and you know you, you want this. For yourself you want this for your family and you know you can't you can't receive it if you don't have faith in God if you don't have a faith at all um, you want if you want the blessings you need to go and get it you yeah. need to go and you know go to God he's he's there he's his he's waiting for you he's always been there he's never gone anywhere but it's up to you to make that step you know to step out and step out and you know just you need to know this feeling just come see me after church and I'll I was gonna say I think, tell you more. I think just there's a message in that Emma yeah. I think we're gonna have to get you to <laughs> do a solo up here one day um now oh, that's brilliant and yeah absolutely what a call what a win when you can see your kids walking in that in that fullness it's beautiful George I know we touched on your win a bit earlier but can you kind of just elaborate a little bit more yeah so yeah. we spoke a bit before about I think my biggest win in discipleship or my biggest goal is that people would feel empowered to make decisions on their own. Obviously, Christ-centred decisions where they're confident in hearing the voice of the Lord. And I think, um, you know, people have touched on it today, but, like, God has created us all to be powerful people, and we want to, as disciples, create powerful people as well that are confident in who they are in Christ, like Reese touched on. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be my biggest win when that happens. And I think back to the story I shared Um, in the beginning about the young girl coming to know the Lord, we could have quite easily on that last day have forced her to accept Christ into her life there and then and been like, you know what, it's all right, you can ask the questions later. Like, you know, God will still come through, blah, blah, blah. But it was so much more satisfying in a way as a disciple to see her empowered to make that decision for herself even Mm. though it was you know a few days later even if it was a few months later Mm. it was her decision to step into that so yeah so good that's brilliant that's that balance between like discipling but not being too forceful because Mm. ultimately we all have our own will and that's a Mm. gift god has given us he's given us (laughs) <laughs> she loves a bit of force, she said. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so really journeying with people and being patient in that yeah. and allowing them to really find the life in Christ for themselves, I think Amen. that's brilliant. Amen. And, you know, we um, – I just wanted George to kind of wrap up on that point because we want to invest in you, our people, as disciple makers. And really what George was saying was basically – creating disciples who will go on and to disciple other people. Because when you empower, they're going to be able to run with what you've you know, invested in them and their relationship with God and the call on their life. So I really love that. And so what we want you to know, just a few quick announcements to wrap up this morning, but we have a discipleship workshop 
on April 11th, and that'll be one o'clock at the Hub. We have a sign-up form for that, which is right near the hospitality table, so you shouldn't miss it um, after the gathering. But this workshop, this gathering, is going to be all about equipping you to begin this journey, to continue this journey, but to really take on um, this commission that God has given to each and every one of us to make disciples. So we hope that you'll join us for that. As I said, the sign-up form's just at the back there, um, so you can make use of that. And another, just a really quick thing wanted to share about is on baptism, water baptism. You know, for people who are putting their hands up to say, Jesus, I want to follow you, baptism is one of those initial steps. It's almost like a bit of an initiation into life of Christ because baptism is this beautiful symbol of being well, dying to sin. And then when we lift you back up out of that water, it means that you've been washed and you are now robed in Christ's righteousness and you are alive in Him. And so if, you know, you've been following Christ or you want to make this commitment to follow Christ, we would love to baptise you. And so if you've never been baptised, you want to be baptised and or maybe you want more information about it, come and see either myself or Pastor Nate um, after the gathering and we would love to walk you through that and tee that up. It would be amazing. Um, and then a couple of quick announcements about things going on. So we have our Easter dinners tonight. If you um, would like to join us for an Easter dinner, we're having them at different locations um, around Perth, mainly here in Vic Park. Um, but there are a few more availabilities. So you can come and see Georgia. There's some availabilities at her house, but also my house as well. So come and have a chat after the gathering. And last but definitely not least, we'd love to invite you back for our Good Friday gathering. And so that's gonna be this coming Friday. It is the fourth, I believe. Is it the fourth? The second, my bad. Um, that's gonna be here at 10 a.m. Um, and so we hope that you'll join us to celebrate Easter this year. Brilliant. Why don't we give another hand to our panel. Take your bow. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Live Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.